Welcome to Compilation of Lindsay Bauer, and welcome to the very, very first episode of Questions. This is just questions. What do you want to ask me? What do you want to know? It could be advice, life advice, ask about my personal experience. It could be literally whatever. So I asked you guys to send me in some questions, and you did. Link was in my bio on Instagram, and you guys did a fantastic job. They're completely anonymous. I have no idea who sent what, and you guys did a fantastic job. So thank you. I did get a good amount of responses. Keep sending those questions because I do want to keep doing this. So on today's episode, we are covering three questions because they were so amazing. I had to just choose a few uh, because... Each question really was fantastic. So the first question is going to be about feeling lonely if I've ever wanted a relationship and what do I do about it? So I cover that and I answer that question for you. The second question is how do you get over a toxic relationship? And I go into detail about my past and kind of cover some of those basics about what I've been through, what you can do, what's helped me, all of those things. And then the last question is, what do you do when your friends are are awesome people, but they kind of make you feel left out and you're a social person, you keep trying, and, and what do you do in those situations? And I go into detail about that and my personal experience and also what I found works, what doesn't work, and all of those amazing things. So those are the three questions that we are going over to today. And with that, let's get to it. Okay, so the first question, have you ever felt lonely and wanted a relationship? And if you did, what did you do about it? <laughs> I like that. Have you ever wanted a relationship? Uh, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I, I definitely have. Um, I have had a couple relationships in my day, um, but currently in that uh, single status, Part of me wanted to go single Pringle. Thank God I didn't say that. Um, But (laughs) kind of in that situation right now, um, you know, trying the dating scene, that's always interesting. Come to the realization my soulmate may not be in Tallahassee, Florida, who would have thought, but also open. So yes, I have felt lonely in my time and I have wanted a relationship. Now, those two things I don't think correlate. So just because you feel you're in a relationship, I still think you can be lonely. Okay. So those are two, two separate entities, I believe. You know, you have your relationship and, and you're in a relationship, you're with someone else, but you can still feel lonely and vice versa. I think if you're lonely, you may not be in a relationship and those two can correlate. So I think that really depends. So loneliness, I heard this in a sermon, loneliness is disconnect, okay? You can be in a room with a bunch of people, you could be at a concert, you could be in an arena, and why why am I slurring my words like that? I promise you I'm not drunk, mom. You could be in an arena, okay? And you could still feel lonely. So the problem isn't the loneliness. The problem is the disconnect. All right. And if you guys wanted to find out more about this loneliness stuff, there is, I'll attach it, the link under 
under this podcast episode with Pastor Kurt and at Harborside Christian Church, and he goes into detail about loneliness and, and spirituality and things like that. So even if you're not a Christian or, or don't believe in God, anything like that, I do think that you can still benefit from listening to it. So that's just a little, a little resource. So you can be lonely and be around people, right? So the issue is that disconnect. So how are we going to fix that disconnect? Personally, I think giving, being generous, and I think that's a a very easy way to feel connected. You can feel connected by paying for the person behind you in your Starbucks line, by offering to pick up your friend's kids, by offering to babysit your little sister. These kind of random gestures, Lord, I can't speak today, they make us all feel connected. So I truly believe by doing an act of kindness, random acts of kindness without anyone expecting anything, I always joke saying that whenever I give, I'm doing it selfishly because it makes me feel good, okay? And now that's not always true, but it does make me feel good. So I don't think I'm some crazy giving person. I think I'm doing things to make me feel connected with this world. And I think we need more of that in the world. We need to feel more connected, right? And that's why we have this issue of feeling lonely. Whether that's you in a relationship, you not, I think that that is beside the point. So I think giving endlessly, I think that's a huge, huge thing. I think the next thing I would do is try something new. One thing I did to kind of make me feel less alone or or whatever people want to call that is I picked up a new hobby. So over quarantine, I started doing calligraphy. I got really into calligraphy, started to get back into painting, doing things that, doing things alone, okay? Being comfortable with being alone, that's key. You have to be comfortable in your own skin, you have, to, you have to be comfortable and look forward to spending time alone. That's huge. And now that's something I can say like, oh, how are you know, being lonely, blah, blah, blah. No big deal. Enjoy being alone. Okay, that's something I really, really struggled with, especially at the beginning of the semester. I slept over at someone's house 12 days in a row, I think. And then maybe one day at home and then I'd go to someone else's house, two of my best friends. I didn't sleep in my own bed for a while. And that's because I hated being alone. And I had this story in my mind and I kept telling myself this narrative, hey, I hate being alone. Well, if you keep telling yourself over and over that same thing, then guess what? You're going to hate being alone, okay? So that was something I really had to work on and I challenged myself. I actually had a friend point it out to me. I challenged myself to spend the night in my own bed two nights in a row. And guess what? I had a freaking blast. I took a bath, I watched, I think, a movie, and I hadn't watched TV all semester. I started to do things that I liked. I painted, I journaled, I picked up hobbies that I hadn't done in a while. And instead of people looking at being alone as this sad thing, poor me, I'm alone. No, hell yeah, I'm alone. That's amazing. That's absolutely awesome. So that was something I really had to change that narrative. So change that narrative in your mind. Oh, I'm alone. How sad. Okay. You're stuck with yourself first. Okay. 
So I think that you have to be first comfortable with yourself. And then once you're in that place where you're fully comfortable with yourself, you genuinely enjoy being alone. I believe that God, the universe, whoever you think it is, will place someone in your life to compliment you. Not not for you to depend on. Get out of here with that. That BS crap. Not for you to depend on. No, no, no. Someone in your life will join you and you guys will compliment each other. Okay? There was this one podcaster I listened to. It was on Mind Pump, um, Adam Schaefer. And he said that him and his wife that they say to each other, she had said this to, to him and he's like, this was the hottest thing she's ever said. And it made me laugh, but it's true. She would tell him, I don't need you. I want you. And that's so true. And that's how I'm trying to live my life is not needing someone, but wanting someone. Okay. I am perfectly capable of living my life by myself alone. 100% capable. Now what I'm not capable of is being dependent of someone else. No, that's unacceptable and that will not happen, okay? Because that's when, that's when there's a lot of issues. So to answer the question, do I ever feel lonely? Of course I feel lonely. And I can sit here on my high horse and say, no, never, be independent, love yourself, all that stuff. To be honest, yes, of course I feel lonely at times. Um, more so I think uh, friendships that can happen with sometimes um, relationship wise, yes, I think it'd be awesome to be in a relationship and to have someone that, that we can really compliment each other. But frankly, I don't think I'm in that place. I don't think I'm hundred percent comfortable with being alone to be in a relationship. If I'm going to be brutally honest with myself and that's something I've had to come to terms with, um, wasn't, wasn't, a quick realization. It took me all semester, I think, to realize that I'm not even in a place to have a relationship. Um, I need to to spend more time on me and to get to know myself better. What I've known so far is I'm a pretty freaking cool person. Okay. But I have to get to know myself a little bit better. I have to figure out what is it that, that uh, makes me tick what, how can I provide value to someone else? How can I provide value to myself? Uh, taking care of myself better and, and all of these things. Those are all things I want to be better at. So at one day I can be a great partner. Okay. So yes, uh, you know, I, I would like one, but I'm not in the place. So I believe that kind of thing happens when it's supposed to happen. And I don't think you can force it. I don't think that's something that you you wake up one day and you're, I'm going to have a boyfriend, I'm going to have a girlfriend or whatever it is. Uh, you don't wake up doing that because that's when trouble happens and that's when you settle. I think those things come to you. And yes, you can try out the dating scene and things like that. I think that's great. Be open. That's what my therapist says anyways. Be open to it. Don't limit yourself. You know, if you meet someone and they're awesome, great. And But don't be disappointed when you're not meeting someone great. And I think that's just very important is just to be open. Okay, question number two. How to get over a toxic relationship. Ooh, that's juicy. So I've been in a, uh, a few relationships in my day. A um, couple of them. I've been in, yeah, a couple of them. 
were, uh, I hate to say the word, I'm in a toxic relationship. I mean, a couple of them, there were some toxic traits happening for sure. Um, I was in a relationship where it could have gone abusive very easily. Um, the person I was with broke my pinky. Um, and it was kind of a, it, it, not to go kind of down that road, but, um, he did it as a, as a kind of a reaction. Um, there was a couple instances of that. Um, I've had stuff where, where people will accuse me. Well, the person would accuse me of things and saying, you do this, you do this, you never do this. Why are you like this? Um, things like that. And those, those are toxic traits. Um, you can be in a physically abusive relationship, which I was not, I mean, I think it could have gotten to that. You can be in a mentally, which I think is also huge. Um, so I think that there, that to say toxic relationship, there's a, there's a lot of ways that you could, you could say that and categorize that. Um, but We'll just put a general statement. So whether, the, whether that's emotionally abusive, physically abusive, whatever it is. Um, there was a sermon that I just heard. And he said this thing. He said two things that I'm going to use um, that were really, really helpful. So the first one that he said was, when you love someone deeply, it gives you courage. Think about that. When you love someone deeply, it gives you courage. You let your guard down. You're there for them. You're courageous by by allowing yourself to be vulnerable. Okay, that takes courage. Now, the second part to that was when someone loves you, it gives you strength. Okay? So when you're in a toxic relationship, that person is loving you part of the time. Some of the time. So it gives you that strength and that's awesome. But that strength is not consistent. Okay. And so then it causes you to kind of put up these walls and you're not, you may not be as courageous or, or whatever because you're not loving them as, as much back, right? You're starting to protect yourself. That's normally what people do. However, in toxic relationships, I think that sometimes you forget to put those walls up and you just love them more and you love them more and love them more because that's all you know how to do and you're a good person. And then the strength that they're supposed to be giving you and the confidence that they're supposed to be giving you is getting shut down, right? So that's kind of the way that I I look at it and breaking it down, the logical, the reason why, um, why toxic relationships make you feel so shitty. Um, I think that's the best way to describe it is you, you loving someone deeply, it gives you courage. And when someone loves you, it gives you strength. So when they're not loving you, it's not giving you that strength that you need. So get the hell out of there, right? If someone's not building you up, get the hell out of there. Okay. That's easy to say. So, so here's a step. First step, you have to come to that realization. This isn't a healthy relationship. I don't think you going to that person and saying, hey, this isn't a healthy relationship. Do I think that's going to solve it? Probably not. I also don't know the extent. I don't know if it's a physically abusive. I don't know the extent to it. You can have a toxic relationship and not fear your life. You know, if you're fearing your life, I think this is, 
don't listen to this advice because you just need to get the hell out of there, go to the police, whatever. Um, that, that's not who I'm talking to. I'm talking to the person that, you know, they're verbally just manipulative and things like that. That's who I'm talking to. Okay, so first you have to come to that realization. Second, you have to get out. And that's going to be one of the hardest things you've ever had to do because for those that have not been in toxic relationships, you don't realize that from the outside you look at it and you're like, well, why would they stay with them? They did this. They did this. Okay. No. No. There's a lot more to it. There's love involved. Okay. There's love. There's care. You care about that person. You want them to change. You want them to be better all of that stuff. So that's all attached. So when you finally come to that realization, you have to end it and you have to stick to your guns. Okay. So that's the next part is you cannot talk to this person after. And that is the hardest part ever to not talk to this person. You want to reach out to them, you know, maybe a couple days after a week after two weeks, a month, three months, you want to reach out to them. And I think that's when that 90 day rule of not talking to them for 90 days really applies because you talking to them, you're going to fall back into it. Don't do it, man. Don't do it. I'm telling you, that's what happens. You fall back into it and you cannot do that. You cannot. So delete their number, block them, do whatever you have to do. And that's going to be really freaking hard. But I'm telling you, The second you start talking to them, all of these emotions that you have overcome and you have pushed yourself to do, it's going to start over all over again. It's a wound that is getting messed with all over again and it's starting to bleed again. So don't do it. Don't do it. Okay? So that's, that's that part. So I think there's phases, right? There's a first phase after you finally break up and you're apart. There's a first phase when you're hurting, okay? You're hurting and you're, up, you're really upset. You're hurting. You're probably crying all the time, all that stuff. Then there's anger. And you're just angry at that person. You're like, why would they do this to me? I don't understand. Well, they're a piece of crap, blah, blah, blah. All this anger. And eventually, you get to the forgiveness. Now, that's hard. Some people never get there. But when you get to that forgiveness, that's when you start as the Demi Lovato video or uh, documentary. Just watch that, by the way. I'm watching it right now. It's good. Watch it. It's on YouTube. As, As it's titled Dancing with the Devil, you forgive them. That's good. You should forgive them. That's healthy. But the part that comes after is then you start missing them even more. Because you don't have that anger towards them anymore. That anger is gone. You forgive them. And before, when you were in that toxic relationship, every time you forgave them, you went back to them. That's how it works, right? You forgive, you'd fight, make up, forgive, honeymoon phase, fight, make up. And that was the cycle, right? That's the cycle of a toxic relationship. So what you know is what comes after the forgiving is you go back to them. Just be aware. Be aware. That's what's going to happen, okay? Now, these phases I just made up, I'm not certified. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not any of those. I don't have a doctorate. But what I do know is from experience, and what I do know is that's what how it worked for me. 
Okay. So how do you get over it? Now we've identified kind of what it is, um, things like that. Well, you have two options. You can choose to be an overcomer or be overcome. Again, this is from a sermon, Pastor Kurt. You're the best at Harborside Church. And these are just sayings that he said. This was not really related to this at all. But I think this is so important and such an amazing quote. Be an overcomer or overcome. Are you going to let that person overcome you? Or are you going to overcome it, the situation, right? This person that you were in a toxic relationship, they may not even be a bad person, okay? They may not. They could be a great person, but you're just not meant to be in a relationship with them. That's key. And that's what I think people forget is you say toxic relationship, blah, blah, blah. Maybe they weren't good in your, as, a, as a partner, but they could be a good person still. That's my opinion. I don't know. I think that's very general. Okay, so things that I did to to get over it. Um, like I said, I've been in a few different relationships. And this is me speaking um, in the past, okay? One thing I think that really works is spirituality, forming a spiritual practice, whether that's God, whether that's the universe, whatever it is, I don't want to be the person to push religion on someone. Personally, for me, Christianity's really worked. I believe there's a God. I believe Jesus died on the cross for our sins. That's what I believe. And that's what works for me. Um, but you can be spiritual and not be religious. You can believe that everything's connected you can believe that there is good in the world and things like that. So I think diving into a spiritual practice of some type, just kind of learning about it and knowing that there's a plan, I think that really helps. Meditation, things along those lines. I'm terrible at meditating, I'll tell you that much. I, I don't do it consistently, but when I do it consistently, I really notice a difference. And that brings me to the next thing is gratitude practice. Find things in your day that you like, I have a list on my phone of just random things that have happened in the day in my life that just make me so happy and uh, that I'm thankful for. Let me go ahead and look. Oh, here we go. Um, one of them I have is washed clean hair. Don't just say general things like my family, my friends. Obviously, you're thankful for that. But I wrote down things like dancing on the pool deck with my sister, mac and cheese and chicken nuggets. Dad, my dad talking about my fraternity and was talking about my classes to my uncle. I could hear the pride in his voice. The barista making a cute leaf on my tea. Singing in the car with my friends, making a fort. Those are all things I have on my list, and there's a bunch more, but oh, the, this one's a good one. The silent head nod towards a stranger to acknowledge each other at the park. I love things like that, and I love finding those little things in your day to day that make you happy and write it down, okay? Look for it. Get excited when you look about look for these things, and then it's awesome to just sit back and 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 read about all these amazing things that you have in your life. 
So have a gratitude practice. Um, couple, two more things I have. I, I wrote down some notes because uh, on all of these questions because they all were such amazing questions. I didn't want to mess them up at all. I have, this one really helped me and it was really difficult, um, but it, kind of like an exposure kind of therapy kind of thing. Um, and let me explain. So I was really into yoga for a little while there and like restorative yoga and things along those lines. And what I would do, and you could do this while meditating, is I found out that that one of my exes was um, kind of talking to one of my friends. And it was really, it really bothered me a lot. And it wasn't one of my good friends. She was kind of a distant friend of mine. But it really freaking bothered me, of course. And she just was in our outer friend group. But she brought it up to me like, hey, you know who I talked to? I talked to blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, girl, why are you telling me this? I don't want to know. But, you know, the can of worms was open. So I found out. And what I would do is each time we would be in Shavasana, which is when you, it's just a restorative pose. You literally just lay there and it's like meditating. I would imagine them dating. Imagine them together. Now, I know you're you're thinking, what kind of sick freak are you? How are you doing that? Like, you weirdo. No. Like, I imagine them going on dates. I imagine them, me running into them at Publix or things like that. And at first, it scared the actual crap out of me. I was terrified. Terrified of thinking those things because I was afraid of the feeling I would get. But once I came to realize that when I thought about it, I wouldn't drop dead and I might just have a giant knot in my stomach, maybe I would cry. And that's all the power I was giving this thought. And that's all the power I was giving this situation. Each time I would think about it, now this was not over a day or a week or whatever. This was over maybe a month at least. Eventually, I thought about it, and it didn't bother me anymore. And I came to terms with this person being with my friend, distant friend, acquaintance, okay? So I'm not saying that's going to work with everything uh, in two seconds. It may take you a month. It may take you two months. It's going to take a while. But I think not giving power to situations and not allowing it to control you and you being in control because you start to think about it, I think that's awesome. So that's something I did. Um, It's really scary, but I'm telling you, do it. Take control. Uh, Another thing I would do um, is just find something therapeutic. So whether that's journaling, meditating, painting, writing. Uh, For me, writing's been huge, 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 huge. I write in a journal. I write on my blog. You guys have seen it. Um, I'm writing a book. (laughs) Writing is awesome for me. Drawing, painting, doing something creative. Um, If you say, I'm not creative, well, bullshit crap. Uh, You you are creative. You just need to find the, the thing how, whether that's cooking, whether that is even cleaning, interior design, redoing your house, um, gardening, something, 
do something where you have to create something where you have to create. It could literally be anything, whether, whether you, maybe you draw a map or you map out a road trip or something, do something creative and something where you have to create, I think is huge. Okay. The last question of the podcast. Let me pull it up. So this is kind of a lengthy one, but ready? What do you recommend to someone who feels they make more effort than their friends do in their relationships with each other? They have good friends and are actually social, but end up feeling left out. Well, let me tell you, Susie326. No, just kidding. <laughs> These are all anonymous. Um, uh, okay. It takes two people to be in a friendship. Okay. It, there is no such thing as a one-sided friendship. You, you can't have one person making the effort the entire time and the other person just be like, blah, blah, blah. So if they are a real friend and they're, and they're worth a friendship, I would tell them, Hey, sometimes I kind of feel like I'm the only one making these plans. You could do that. Okay. Or if you really just realize that they're not making an effort ever, um, and maybe they're not a comp- that compatible anyway, then you can just let it go. But just remember, it takes two people to be in a friendship. And at some point, if you're the only one making the effort over and over and you've had that conversation with them, hey, sometimes I feel like I'm the only one making the effort, just want to make sure everything's good. It doesn't have to be some serious like sit-down conversation. Just say, hey, sometimes I think I'm the only one. Um, maybe, like, maybe you decide what we do next time that kind of thing. I think uh, that could go a long way. And if they're still not doing it, okay, well, remember two people to be in a friendship, maybe they're just not in the right place to be your friend right now. Okay. They could be an awesome person, but maybe right now they're not in the right place to be your friend. That very well could be. So I think that's really important to remember and, and, and don't be offended if they're not in the right place to be your friend, it, it could be them, something going on in their life. It's probably not you. It could be you. I don't know. What do I know? I'm not a doctor. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just answering some Google doc forms. Oh gosh. Anyway. So realize that everyone and most people are thinking about themselves first. Now I mean, realize this advice sounds very cynical, but it's true. People typically think about themselves first and think about what they're in their own head. They think everyone's looking, what's that syndrome? You guys are going to hate me because I can't think of it right now, but that syndrome where you think everyone's looking at you, spotlight syndrome, I think. I hope that's right. And basically everyone is looking at you. You constantly think like when you pull up to a stoplight, and you think, oh, all the people next to me are looking at me. Or you walk into the grocery store, I'm like, oh, yeah, they're all looking at me. I'm hot shit. Okay, they're, they're not. <laughs> I'm sorry. They're not looking at you. And that's something uh, that I think it's important to remember that they may not just not be thinking about you right now. And that's okay. Just make it known that, that you're there. But just keep that in the back of your mind. That kind of helps. Um, it's rare that people genuinely dislike you. That I feel like that happens less. Usually they're more indifferent. 
or they like you or indifferent about it. So just keep that in mind. Now, some things you can do, I would say maybe try getting outside your usual friend group, join a club, meet new people. Um, They have apps where you can meet people. They have Bumble for friends. Things like that I think would be really beneficial is to try to just meet other people. Um, Go outside your usual group because sometimes when you're in that usual group, you see each other all the time, every day, uh, that kind of thing. They kind of uh, take you for granted a little bit. Uh, And I know because I do this. And you forget um, to really not just include them, but to kind of, hey, how's your life going? How's this going? Because you see them every day. Okay, so I think that's really, really important to do. Um, and once again, comes full circle, full circle. Random acts of kindness, my friends. I'm telling you, it's crazy how good it makes you feel. But doing a random act of kindness for your friends, I think, can really help keep things together and kind of uh, show that appreciation to your friends. Because remember, if they're not showing that appreciation or, or making an effort for you and you're feeling left out, then you might be doing the same thing to them. So keep that in mind. Try to go ahead and, and do a random act of kindness for them. Um, one time over quarantine, I made my friend a cake just for no reason. I just made her a cake. And she loved it. And it, it was awesome. And you know, just starting, starting something to show that you appreciate them. You're thinking of them. Okay. And then that way you're in their mind and things like that too. And then hopefully that they will, they will, I don't know, don't, don't expect anything in return to, I don't want to say hopefully they do something back because that's don't, don't expect anything in return, but it kind of just puts you on their mind that you exist like, Hey, I'm a pretty damn good person. Okay. Um, And then this I just heard on a podcast, which was freaking mind-blowing. It was on Whitney Cummings' um, podcast. She's a comedian and the Good For You podcast. Oh, my Lord. She goes, if you are changing who you are to be friends with someone, if you're doing things like sucking up to them, and I know I just said do a random act of kindness, but I mean sucking up to them and, and doing things to get attention, like telling stories just because you want to get attention or you want them to acknowledge you or really just sucking up to them, complimenting them, doing things like that. Okay, that is not you, so stop it. Stop it right now. If you're changing who you are, run. Okay, and when she said that, I was like, oh my gosh. Because I have certain friends who I do that to because I feel like I don't have their approval and that's just a freaking insecurity of myself But also, if they're not making you feel appreciated and they're not making you feel good about yourself, what are you doing? Why are you staying? Right? That doesn't make sense. Get the heck out of there. So that is my my final real advice with that is be around people who make you feel good. Okay? Be around people who make you feel awesome make you feel secure. Now, also you may need to work on things about yourself too and, and not feeling so insecure. That could also be a possibility. Um, making sure you are making the effort to feel included. And if you're still making the effort constantly and you just keep getting rejected, 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 okay, maybe that this isn't the group for you. And try being around new people and see how you feel around them, Okay. So that is my advice. Um, 
And those are my three questions. Guys, keep sending in your questions. It was really, this was really, really fun to do and something I needed to do, I think, to get my mind going and thinking and thinking about other people and things like that. Remember, I'm not a doctor. This could all be shit advice. I don't know. But I think sometimes I sound kind of smart. Sometimes. Maybe not in this episode. But um, so hopefully this was good for you guys to hear. Hopefully this helps for those that ask these questions. Great freaking questions. Uh, It was nice to have kind of a theme being relationships in this episode. And I love you guys so much. So you can find me on Compilation of Lindsay Bauer on Instagram. You can also find me at compilationoflindsaybauer.wordpress.com for my blog. I love you guys. Be sure to check out the other episodes. As always, you can find me on that Instagram and link in bio. I have link tree, so I have all my info there, and you can just click on whatever links you need. Keep sending these questions. I love you guys. Stay safe out there. I appreciate you. You guys are awesome. Thanks. Bye.